Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way. Love is what's Hi, this is Dr. Live. Joe Luciani, along with my sensitive daughter and co-host Lauren Simonian, welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. How is my sensitive daughter? <laughs> I'm pretty good. It's funny how uh, calling someone sensitive can almost sound like an insult. So oh. I'm not entirely sure if this is <laughs> complimentary or... Well, let, let me ask you a question. Can you elaborate, please? Let me elaborate. Have you ever been told that you're too sensitive or that you shouldn't yes. think so much? Yes and yes. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so you guessed it. We're talking about what was called hypersensitivity. Did you ever hear of that before? Hypersensitivity? Uh, yeah, I've heard that expression. Yeah, hyper or the hypersensitive person. They usually call it HSP. And that's what we're talking about today. Not, not someone who's kind of in the middle of the road with sensitivity, but the hypersensitive person. And let me, I, I have some notes here. Let me read to you a few of the traits of a HSP, hypersensitive person. And you ask yourself if you fit into this since you are declaring right from the get-go that you are a sensitive young lady. Mm, yes. Lauren, are you easily overwhelmed by such things as bright lights, strong smells, coarse fabrics, sirens, or strange noises? <laughs> um, actually, uh, I'd say I'm like a five out of 10 on that scale. Okay. How about, do you get rattled when you have uh, a lot of things to do in a short amount of time? Yes. Oh, two for two. Do you make a point of avoiding violent movies or disturbing TV news? Yes, 100%, yes. Three out of three. Do you make it a high priority to arrange your life to avoid upsetting or overwhelming situations? Uh, How about three and a half? High priority? No, I, no. Okay. Three and a half. Did you say three and a half? Three and a half. Yeah. Okay. When you were a child, I should be able to help you with this. Did your parents or teachers see you as sensitive or shy? Mm, I think I think the answer is yes, but you can <laughs> you can speak to that one. So let's see. Would you, would you get four and a, four and a half? Yeah, four and a half out of five. Does that so, mean I'm an HSP? You are an HSP. Oh wow! I don't. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? No way, but don't don't get upset. I mean, it's not. I wanted to be excited, but I don't know. If well, HSP, HSP is not a diagnosis. It is a personality trait. It's not an illness. It's not a disease. It's not a frailty or an ailment. It's just. Is it a... inherited from one's parents? Yes. Oh. Yes. So does that make you an HSP? Well, I, I guess I would fall into that category. Hmm. I wonder hmm. if they have support groups for HSPs. You know, it's also called sensory processing sensitivity or SPS. 
Oh gosh, you right. make fun of me for acronyms <laughs> and new age ter- terms. Uh, oh my goodness. Wait a second. Is an HSP the same thing as an empath? Oh, that's a good, a good. Because uh... they say empaths are people that sort of like take on the, yeah, they like take on the energy of others, which makes them highly sensitive. You know, I would, I would guess that, you know, uh, HSP types of personality are, are are more or less so tuned in that they really do get uh, to put you never hear the expression you know put yourself in the shoes someone else's shoes mm-hmm. and i think that that's part of the sensitivity of an hsp type is that they really can do that quite well they're so empathetic they really can understand how someone else is feeling uh, and they're really into feelings i guess that's what makes for uh, good educators, psychologists, right? All kinds of stuff like that. True. Although in in those cases, I feel like people really need to have pretty strong emotional boundaries because otherwise it could just be like a very depleting way of life if you take on all the problems. And Of course, of course. And that's, we'll get into some of the downside of being such a sensitive person. But you asked just a minute ago whether this was uh, an inherited trait, didn't you? I did. Okay. Well, I, I wanted to respond before I was so rudely interrupted because, see, I'm so sensitive. And you, <laughs> you kind of didn't let me answer that. So, so the answer is definitely yes. I inherited <laughs> it from you. Biologists have found in over 100 species from fruit flies, birds, and fish to dogs, cats, horses, and primates all have this sensitivity or 20, 10 to 20% of all these populations. Now, I've never met a sensitive fruit fly, so I don't know how the heck they're saying, <laughs> you know, how do you, yeah, I mean, let's, let's go through some of those animals. Uh, how do you tell if, if, if a bird is sensitive or a dog? Well, dogs, I guess you can, and horses, you know, more of the primates, but fruit flies, birds, and fish? Hmm. Well, I have, I have a, a koi pond, so I, I, I yeah, I you're see, sensitive to my, your my, fish. Yeah, I, I do have a, I'm, I'm an empath when it comes to fish. And it's it's kind of sad. They don't get to really swim around in big lakes. Yeah, but that's and, your projection onto their life. They're probably quite happy if they were able to experience emotion. Yeah, but that's the whole point. You see, us, I don't think they are, actually. Us sensory processing sensitive people, we tend to feel things too much sometimes. Not always, yes. but too much. I remember when I was a kid, my my mother wanted to get a puppy. I was about six, maybe seven. And I begged her not to get a puppy because when she asked why, I said, because I, I can't bear to one day have that puppy die. So, you know, there are certain mm. emotions that we are so sensitive to. And, you know, so we do have a hard time processing some of this stuff. Uh, I, I have one more note I want to read, but this is from a person called Julia Fraga. And she wrote an article on her hypersensitive life. And this will give you a glimpse of what we're talking about. And this is what she writes. Throughout my life, I've been deeply affected by bright lights, strong scents, itchy clothing, and loud noises. At times, it seems like I can intuit another person's feelings, picking up on their sadness, anger, or loneliness before they've said a word. In addition, sensory experiences like listening to music, sometimes overwhelm me with emotion. Musically inclined, 
I can play melodies by ear, often guessing which note comes next based on how the music feels. Since I have intensified reactions to my surroundings, I have difficulty multitasking and can become stressed when too much is going on at once. Hmm. 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 Wow, that's pretty intense. <laughs> that's because you're an HSP. Uh, yeah, I'm picking up on all that information. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Well, it's funny, you and I are both kind of admitting uh, you know, we, we'll go to an HSP meeting after this. And, 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 and what would we say about our lives being HSP types? And again, this is not a malady and it's not a diagnostic category. It's just part of our personality. 10 to 20% of the population are what would fall into this hypersensitive category. And these are, you know, people that are really into the sensitivities of life, overly so. So, yeah, you know, I just looked up the definition of empath because I was curious if it's the same thing. Well, and wait, wait, did you just do that on your phone while we were podcasting? I just did it in a separate tab. <laughs> <sighs> what? That's I'm good. I'm good at multitasking, even though I know that's not an actual thing. Apparently, you uh, can't really do two things at once with full attention, right? Right, right, right. Okay, okay. Do you so, want to hear the definition though? Because it's kind of similar. Yeah, because if I cut you off, you'll get so sensitive and you'll start to let me know. No, I'm no, I'm not sensitive to being I don't my feelings don't get hurt that easily. I'm just sensitive to like other people's emotions. So if I were to yell at you and you wouldn't be sensitive to that? I mean, probably because you're my father, yes, but like when other people yell at me, I try to I well, it's been a practice because I think I always used to be so hypersensitive that I would just cry if any there was any sort of conflict. You would cry? Yeah. Let, uh, listen to listen to this week's song, okay? Because you're crying. But you didn't let me read the definition. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Oh, I won't no, take no, I won't take no, it personally. You're you're so sensitive. Go please, please, by all means, read the darn <laughs> no because now you're not even going to care what it says no, I don't have play no, yourself no, no, i can't now i know no good conscience i can't so please read the definite what is hey lauren what's an yeah. empath okay well since you asked so nicely and have genuine curiosity i would tell you that an empath is somebody it says who has an ability not only to relate to others feeling and experiences, but also to feel and experience exactly what others are experiencing. So okay. to connect on a level that's deeper and yeah. actually like embody what someone else is experiencing. Well, it certainly sounds like it's in the realm of the hypersensitive personality, right? Okay. And, and I was not sure that that was necessary addition to our podcast, but just wanted to clear that up. No, I'm sure there are many people that were just hanging on the edge of this. Am I an empath? But you were saying before how when you were a kid, and yeah, I, I recall those tears coming out inadvertently when when you felt uh, unhappy about certain things. So here's the song that will, I feel, capture some of the essence of the feelings we're talking about. You ready? In three, two, one. Come on and cry me a river Cry me a river I cried a river over you So 
comment on that song? So that was actually really rude. So you were dismissing my childhood sensitivity by telling me to cry you a river? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Lauren, cry me a river. Jeez. Oh my gosh. I'm going to probably become sensitive again by the end of this podcast. Darn it. You know, with, well, let's let's go through some of the the negatives. I mean, there are certainly some positives. Or would you rather go through the positives? I don't want to be insensitive here. Mm, let's get the negatives out of the way. Okay. It's like eating your vegetables before your dessert. Well, HSP people do get more stressed when they're faced with difficult situations, as opposed to people. And we all know certain people. And let's not mention names because this is a public broadcast. Certain people who just don't care what you say, you know, it does, it doesn't matter, you know, their whole response to any conflict or difficulties, whatever. Hmm. Do you do you get stressed when faced? Yeah, and actually I think that when I'm frustrated, I'm most likely to feel sad. <laughs> mm. Like sadness for me comes up during frustration more than other times, or at least like tears. No, I feel sad because HSP people, they pick up on the needs and feelings of others. Mm -hmm. And they, they hate letting people down. HSP people hate to say no. What about you? Do you hate to say no to people? I do. I guess there are people who like to say no. <laughs> well, there are people that don't have a problem saying no. Right, right, right. Yeah, the more sensitive you are, of course, you're anticipating how the other person's going to feel if you diss them, if you say no. So like a true hypersensitive person, you're, you're going to um, put yourself in their shoes. And if you say no to their request or whatever they may be wanting of you, you're going to feel that, that empathetic twinge like, oh, they're going to feel so unhappy. Oh. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes you put the needs of others before yourself because of that that need to protect others. Yeah. Because it's almost like your own emotions and other people's emotions are one and the same when you're highly sensitive. So letting someone down, you're feeling their sadness instead of your own hmm. discomfort. That's true. That's true. And I guess the worst thing for me is if if I don't if I'm not intending to be mean or cruel or hurtful and someone misinterprets and gets hurt that that really bothers me a lot when i'm being misinterpreted and you know when i when the last thing i want to do is hurt someone's feelings and if that happens you know that's 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 kind of that sensitivity yeah that's a big trigger for me too being yeah. misunderstood and if you make like an embarrassing mistake you know you just don't forget it you know it's kind of stay with it a while you because you know we're, we're kind of perfectionistic in that regard we 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 try to stay in that middle of the road and not get into situations where we we have those regrets right yeah i yes i i think that i'm just i'm thinking about what you're saying and i don't necessarily think i am in the category of someone who ruminates on mistakes for too long oh. and i guess that's just because you're only four and a half out of five when it comes to defining yourself as HSP. So True. That, you know, that must not, be the half percent. You're not a total HSP person. Right. <laughs> but was your was the was the thing that you just read was it that you ruminate if you've hurt someone or if you made a mistake? 
well, I guess both. Um, mm. You know, hurting someone is is you know really difficult because you can feel their pain, as you say. Yeah. And if you made a mistake, of course, um, you're very sensitive to criticism and you're hypersensitive to criticism. Because- so that's the distinction then, because for me, if I've hurt somebody or offended somebody, I think that would be really difficult for me to attach, de- detach from. Mm. But I am not hypercritical of myself for making mistakes, as long as it doesn't have to do with others. I'm hypercritical if I've done something to affect another, but if it has to just do with myself, I can forgive myself pretty easily. Does that make sense? Like, where do it, where, am I still in HSP? No, we're gonna have to give you a new designation. Huh, yeah. all right, well. You're critical of, of my Himalayan singing bowl, I know that. Yeah, maybe I'm just an SP. <laughs> well, let's, oh, wait a second. Okay, so so anyone that's listening to this that happens to fall into that type of HSP, sure, there are these burdens we just mentioned. You know, being your own worst critic, and you know, feeling uh, you know just that we can't say no to people. We hate letting people down. You know, so so there are the negative side. I mean, I, I think it's obvious that if you're too sensitive, things just hurt a lot more in life. You you kind of have, you know, a hypersensitive antenna and you, you tend to pick up nuances and maybe misinterpret or interpret in such a way that, you know, you just become overly cautious because you're, you're walking on eggshells. So, so there is a down, definite downside to being hypersensitive. But what about the upside? And that's, that's important and we shouldn't neglect that. Right. Mm. Right. Yeah, I think there are huge benefits to being an an HSP. (laughs) Do you want me to tell you what I think, or are you about to tell me? No, no. I want you to tell me why why your sensitivity has made you such a great person on this earth. Mm. When you can relate to others on such a deep level and understand them, your level of connection is really deep. Mm -hmm. And what about kids? No. That's a special sensitivity, isn't it, when you teach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like relating to children is, you kind of have to be an HSP because kids have like a very high vibration energetically. So they're constantly mm. changing throughout the day. Like they're, it's just a constant wave of emotion and you just have to be really present. Yeah, you know, teachers... A good teacher should be an HSP. I mean, I, I went to elementary school with nuns, and and they were, they were, they were not HSP types. They were just people. They didn't care. <laughs> They're just people. <laughs> sit down and shut up. <laughs> no, so but I, I think we have all evolved to a point where we want our teachers to be to be in tune, intuitively in tune, because a, a big part of being a good HSP person is intuition, right? Yes. Would you say you're highly intuitive? I would say that, yeah. So you're an, you're a hip. Highly intuitive person. Yeah, I'm a hip. <laughs> I also was a MIP at basketball camp when I was in eighth grade. What's that? The most improved player. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, my friends and I always joke about that because for years I thought I was the MVP and we used to just kind of joke <laughs> about it, how that was like my one bragging point. And then one time... When my friends were over, mom said, you weren't the MVP, you were the MIP. <laughs> so now everyone calls me the MIP. And luckily, I'm not sensitive to 
Well, I, well, I don't want to be insensitive, but I've always felt that the most improved player is kind of a, a slap in the face. You know, oh, absolutely. Like, That's why it was so funny, because I always thought I was the MVP. It's the person that everyone feels sorry for. Exactly. Yeah. So apparently I wasn't as good as I thought I was. No, you were. <laughs> you were great. Yeah, well. But I, I do know that, you know, being a psychologist, there's no question you know, how intuition comes into play, you really sense things. I mean, it's it's hard to explain or, or to, you know, but especially when, when someone's just a little bit off, they don't have to say a word. Uh, you're so tuned in to expressions. And do you find that yourself that you can just look at somebody and just pick up those vibrations? I mean, it's not, you know, most people can do that to some extent, but I'm talking about really subtle kinds of things you pick up on. Because I know sometimes I'll, mm -hmm. I'll I'll be with someone and I'll say, you know, you just seem a little out of sorts. And, and they'll say, they may even deny it because they're not even in touch with it. And then a little bit later, they come back and say, how did you know that? You know? Yeah. Or maybe, so or maybe my saying that put them in that bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> Called suggestibility. Uh, Gee, you're no. not, look, not looking so well. So do you feel that your sensitivities have really assisted you in your communications with people, not animals or fish or yeah, fruit flies? So. Yeah, I think it helps you to know what form of communication to offer. You can tell like when someone's really upset or angry, maybe you're not necessarily going to talk to them in that moment or give them their space, not bring up and a triggering conversation when someone's feeling stressed yeah, yeah things like that well you know what's the deal i don't know what the opposite is but what's the deal with people that they're so insensitive you know the opposite of sensitivity the insensitive person who will invariably say things that are just downright rude you know yeah i think it's just a lack of empathy and empathy yeah, i think some people are born with empathy and but it's not necessarily something that all people have like i think that in a lot of places like they have you have to actually teach empathy mm, well there's a biggie right there lauren good for you for bringing that up can we teach empathy can we teach hypersensitive people to move more towards the middle and be less hypersensitive I mean, do you, do you think that since this is a personality trait, which is inherited, just like the fruit flies and the dogs and the cats and the horses and the primates and the birds, since it's inherited, what, what say you about, you know, what can we do about it? Let's say you're hypersensitive and you want to just be a bit less sensitive. You know, you just don't want to always feel so, you know, just, just so, you know, backed into a corner by your emotions. What, what do you think? Can we, can we do something about it to mitigate the sensitivity? Hmm. Well, I think one way to mitigate it is to realize that you don't have to take things personally. Mm -hmm. um, so good. when it comes, good one. What's that? I'm just, I'm just marveling. Good, good point. Oh, <laughs> oh, you get a, you get a gong for that. Woo! Yay! Yeah, we kind of, we make the assumption sometimes that everything is about us. Um, like as if we are responsible for the way other people act towards us and you know i think that's just because of our conditioning that we believe that we've caused someone to speak harshly to us or that it's our fault if if uh you know we're in a situation that might feel uncomfortable so i think realizing that 
everyone is experiencing the world from their own point of view and their reality is not the same. It's not your truth. So understanding that, and, and that's another way of having empathy too. It's like understanding that people are projecting their own pain or discomfort out sometimes onto others and to have empathy for that person that they're going through some sort of struggle, which is obviously making them act out of anger or insecurity or whatever it might be and knowing that it's not a reflection of you. So, um, I don't know, is it time right now or? Uh, sure, it's as good a time as any. For what? For self-coaching self pep talk time. time. Hey. <laughs> Mythologist Joseph Campbell once wrote, we must let go of the life we have planned so as to accept the one that is waiting for us. All too often, we tend to oversteer our lives, worrying, anticipating, micromanaging, trying desperately to control what's ahead. This is especially true if you are a highly sensitive person. When feeling overwhelmed, either in social situations or with life's demands, take a step back and take a long, slow breath. And if you really want to find solace, happiness, and psychological well-being, Try loosening your grip on life's steering wheel and let things unfold naturally and spontaneously. Self-care is an important component for a sensitive person. Just keep in mind, it's not a matter of eliminating your sensitivities. It's a matter of managing them. Hmm. I like it. Uh, yeah, I do. I do like the fact the fact that you know some people are all or nothing, you know, and and they don't want to be sensitive, so they want to eliminate being sensitive. You mean, this is who you are. You have that proclivity. It's your tendency, and you know you are a sensitive person. So let's let's manage those sensitivities, and and I think we can do that. I think we need to kind of structure our lives where we feel a little bit more in control, maybe through some anticipating, or might you might say by journaling or becoming more in touch with those things that we should be a little bit more aware of do you can you think of anything that you know you would suggest to someone in terms of trying to manage their hypersensitive ways what would you suggest to someone like that i would just suggest being really clear on what is yours versus what is somebody else's mm -hmm. at either in your thoughts emotions or energy because a lot of times as highly sensitive people we pick up on things and we hold them as if they're our own so I, I think just an awareness around that if you're a highly sensitive person you're probably feeling more than is just yours to feel do you think it would help just to just to make a distinction in your own mind Am I being too sensitive? I mean, could we start with with that point just by asking? I don't I don't really like that like term too sensitive, but I think you could probably ask, am I taking things personally? Am I reacting appropriately? Questions like that. If someone, let's say I, I, I work, say I work at your school and the teacher in the room next to me comes into the school that day and I'm walking in and he or she doesn't say good morning mm -hmm. and and I spend the rest of the day ruminating about why doesn't she like me or why doesn't he why doesn't he say good morning what's wrong with me did I offend them so so if you're ruminating about that throughout the day isn't that being a bit too sensitive well I think that 
being aware that you are sensitive to that situation is important. But I think the question to ask yourself is not, am I being too sensitive? Because where do you go from there? It's like, yeah, I'm being too sensitive, but what am I going to do about it? The question I think is, is this mine or is this theirs? Okay. So, so yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I, I also have to throw in, of course, a word that I use quite often, that's insecurity. So if you are a hypersensitive person who happens to also be insecure, then your insecurity is going to steer your sensitivity in directions that are not necessarily connected to the reality of things. You know, you're going to see darkness where there is no darkness, and you're going to assume bad feelings uh, that aren't necessarily warranted. So I think the more insecure you are, the more likely it is that you're going to get yourself trapped in these sensitivities. And, and I, I go back to, I, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good idea. Maybe, maybe you don't like the word sensitivity, but what about, am I being too insecure? Is my sensitivity being fueled by too much insecurity? Because, you know, what are the facts? And what are the fictions? And those insecurity-driven feelings are often fictions and not based on facts. So that that probably goes into what you're saying, you know, about maybe that person's having a bad day and maybe it's not me, but the insecurity would be driving that uh, that ill feeling in your heart. True. And I think there's also information for you if you are feeling too, quote unquote, too sensitive in a, in a moment and to look inside of yourself and realize like, is there a wound there that has been triggered? Like, is it insecurity? Is it fear? Has something, Mm -hmm. is there something that needs to be resolved? You know, someone not saying hello to you. Why does that bother you? Because, you know, the truth is that there are a thousand reasons why that person might not have said hello, most of which are totally benign. So to ask yourself, like, why am I spending all this time focusing on it when it really doesn't have to do with me probably? So we're kind of saying the same thing when you say, you know, to try to find out, you know, what the wound might be. Uh, well, that's that's really analyzing the insecurity. You know, why am I acting insecure? Where does that come from? And oftentimes insecurity just is a habit. You know, we we develop, you know, low self-esteem and, and all kinds of critical thinking about ourselves. And, the, and this becomes habituated. So sometimes it's just a matter of realizing that, you know, we, we have acquired some habits of insecurity that set us up to be too sensitive. Now, I guess this is an unanswerable question, but I guess that some hypersensitivity isn't because of an inherited trait. I think it's possible that some hypersensitivity and maybe a good deal of it comes from just insecurity, feeling a loss of control, and we're trying to over control life. So therefore, you know, we are very we become very sensitive in a controlling aspect because of our insecurities. I don't, I don't, mm. Do you follow that at all? I mean, it's I think of, so. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's kind of an important point because throughout this podcast, we're defining the hypersensitive personality. Which, but mm. I, but I think from from a psychological standpoint, I think I would I would draw a distinction line between an inherited trait like being sensitive and a neurotic trait like being insecure, which requires us to be more sensitive to our environment so as not to screw up. Yeah, that makes sense. I had a therapist that once said that we cannot be responsible for another person. 
and I always struggled with that, man. And I still don't know where I've come down. Can we, and he was saying, he was being very literal that we cannot be responsible. Now, parent can be responsible for a child. And, you know, I guess there are levels, but I never quite knew what he meant by that. But I think he meant that you can't be responsible for someone else's feelings. He just wasn't very articulate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. I think a lot of times we feel like we need to fix things and change things and help people. But you, you, you really can't do that unless someone is willing to or ready to do it on their own. I guess, I guess you wouldn't want to be in therapy with an, an inarticulate therapist, right? Probably not. But you would want to be in therapy with a, a hypersensitive <laughs> therapist, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think I would. Yeah. Yeah. You, go ahead. You, because why? Because I feel like they would be able to relate yeah. much more. Yeah. instinctually and empathetically yeah you want someone to read you you want someone to be able to really kind of feel on some level what you're feeling so it's it's not just an, an intellectual you know ping pong match you want someone to be involved in the feelings of what you're going through mm-hmm. and i think that's what makes for you know great healers whether it be teachers coaches psychologists whatever I think what makes for those people that really do well, I used to call it people persons, but but more than that now, I'm beginning to realize that what makes a people person is someone has that has this, call it the antenna, to really interact with people intuitively. They, they don't learn it. They're just good at it. Mm-hmm. I know as a kid, I mean, when I was growing up, I'd always be the one breaking up fights, trying to get two people to talk together, wanting them to calm down. Always. It's always something, you know, kind of who I was. And, you know, there were there are bullies and, you know, the ones that even you see in the classroom. These are the kids that, you know, will make other kids cry and not care. But then there are the the hypersensitive young people that will go over to the crying child and try to comfort them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you see all this in the developmental phase. You see all this in children. I mean, do you, do you see these distinctions between hypersensitive children and um, I, I don't know what we're calling the the opposite, but the insensitive person? Do you do you get to really see that fundamentally, or is it kind of you know a little ambiguous? No, no. I think it's really apparent and clear. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. You can you can tell. And there are positives and negatives for each. I think that both types of people have a journey to find, you know, the peace with who they are. I bet as a teacher, you tend to gravitate more towards the sensitive kids. I do because I relate to them. Yeah. Uh, You know, as that's how I am and was. But I also understand that certain kids don't know until you teach them. And so a lot of times it's, almost interesting things that you know we take for granted as intuitive nature you know if you ask a kid do you know how you made that person feel when you said this or did that um they're kind of shocked to find out that they hurt someone like it's it's uh, not it's not part of their repertoire do do, do you remember when you were maybe six seven years old used to play soccer Mm -hmm. and there was this one little boy i won't mention his name and he was very sensitive and he was he was smaller than the rest of the kids and he was just 
just sensitive and cautious and quiet, you know, because a lot of uh, hypersensitive types are, are more prone toward introversion. Not always, there are some extroverted uh, sensitive people, but, but this young boy was, you know, really kind of a, a prototypical kind of sensitive kid. And, and I remember <laughs> I was a coach and I would be yelling and do this and do that, not that I understood the game, but all of a sudden I felt this little hand in my hand <laughs> and, and I was, and he, and he just was standing next to me holding my hand. So cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And meanwhile, there were these other ruffians on the team who were just, yeah. let me in, coach, let me in, let me out. Let me in. And this little, mm. little boy was standing there holding my hand. <laughs> so I am sure that today he is a sensitive person doing some people work somewhere. I just would imagine that. <laughs> you like to think that uh, sensitive people don't get crushed because I think that's a, that's kind of, I think, a fear we have. Uh, you know, parents saying, don't be so sensitive. Don't, don't let that bother you so much because, you know, we don't want to crush, like we say, we can't eliminate who we are and you don't want to kind of gloss over it or crush it down and just suppress it. So we have to, as I said earlier, we have to manage it and we have to, we have to be who we are, mm -hmm. but we don't have to let it dominate us to the point where it causes friction in our lives. Right. Definitely. So, so you like being a sensitive person? Uh, I do because I've also, like you said, learned how to manage it. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I can benefit from it and not be crushed by it. Yeah. And you made a great point last week. I was listening to the podcast afterwards and you were saying that, you know, every week we, we, we just linger on and on. We don't close. We, that's a that's a part of a trait of a sensitive person. We don't like to let things go. We're too sensitive. <laughs> that's why we we end these podcasts every week, just say, wanting. Is it time to quit? Is it time to hang? And we just keep going on and on and on. Yeah, the endings are tough. Yeah. So should we try to work through that today and just yeah, kind of end do? it smoothly? Well, yeah. Instead just, of continually asking each other if it's time to end. Yes, but let's not do it abruptly. That's the only thing I ask. So anyhow, are we ready to, to, to kind of bite the bullet and put I our sensitivities so. aside? No, let's do to, it. I don't want to let go, but we have to. So yes. until next week, I would ask everyone to visit our selfcoaching.net website where you can learn more about our self-coaching philosophy. And while you're there, check out my latest number one selling book on learning, anxiety, and depression. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless. And you are not powerless. So remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join my hypersensitive HPS sensory processing SPS daughter and me. And every week, let's make it simple together. Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way.